This is Career Lab with Levi and Bobak, the podcast that features fascinating pathways to success and the people who have navigated their own journeys in the ever-changing and fast-paced modern economy. I'm Levi Maya. Our guest this week is Marquise Quarles. Marquise grew up in a single-parent home and was the first member of his family to go to college. Today, he works in financial regulatory compliance at a Fortune 500 company and is on track to becoming a certified public accountant. Marquise shows us how finance is more than just the numbers, and from his vantage point, he has his finger on the pulse of all of the organization's activities. Find out if you have what it takes to keep a business's finances in check on this edition of Career Lab with Levi and Bobak. Welcome to Career Lab with Levi and Bobak. I'm Bobak Bebahanian. Here at the Lighthouse Studio with Levi Maya. Levi, how are you? I am doing really well. Yeah, good to see you. We finally have some sunshine. Here I know. In yeah. Southern California, which sounds odd, but it's been cloudy for 70 days. So I'll, I'll take it. It has been cloudy for 70 days. And finally, here, um, I don't know when people will be watching this, but early, late June, early July, things usually start to look up here um so we're a few episodes in and i thought maybe it would be like a good time for you and me to kind of share with the audience a little bit about like why we're doing this what the goal is that kind of thing so yeah you know for, for me the biggest thing was obviously if you you know are interested in a job you can google right i mean people can get information instantaneously this was really more about talking with folks getting a little bit you know behind the scenes on the path that people have traveled to get where they are. Because yeah. the one thing I've learned personally in just talking with folks and, and being interested in this topic is it's not always a straight line. Yeah. Um, it's it's something where, you know, you think you may be interested in something and then you just kind of pivot and it's it's okay to be unsure and, and it's okay to maybe, you know, go a different day oh a different way than what would be expected. Yeah. And the other thing that I think it's come up in a few of our interviews so far is the space is changing so rapidly. I mean, not just with AI and uncertainty around that, but just the jobs that we're training people for today in college might not even exist by the time they get out because of just rapid technological and economic change and all kinds of things that are a bit unknown. So, um, not as much with edu you know, not so much just in the education section where people are working to try to give people the skills they need for a job, but then how do people even think about what the work is they might want to do when they get out of school or if they're mid-career and they're finding that they're unhappy in the job that they're doing, you know, where can they look? How can they reinvent themselves? And we've talked to a few people already who have reinvented themselves or found themselves on a different career track than what they thought they were going to at the start of a four-year college or at the end of high school or wherever it came from. So it's really interesting to me to hear from people and get these kind of stories. So um, tonight we've got a great guest, someone who's really interesting to me, um, Marquise Quarles. He's a senior financial reporter and techno uh, technical accounting analyst for a major publicly traded footwear company. He started at the company in 2015 as a credit analyst and then transferred over as a staff accountant and quickly rose through the ranks in the accounting department. And today, 
at just age 31. He's responsible for preparing the company's Securities and Exchange Commission filings and financial statements to ensure transparent communication and data with both the Feds and the company's investors. When he isn't crunching numbers at work or studying for the CPA exam, which is super hard, he loves cooking, camping, and tinkering. And Excel, welcome to the show. Marquise, thanks for being here with us. Thank you both. Thanks for having me on. This is this is so professional. I love it. I love what you guys are doing. <laughs> <laughs> Only the best for Phoenix Suns fans, Marquise. Oh yes, yes, yes. We've got Kevin Durant, Bradley. Oh man, we're we're, we're definitely getting a chip this year. I'm sorry, my brother. <laughs> so tell us a little bit. What was it like growing up in Phoenix? Um, you know, I know you you live in Southern California now, but uh, coming up, you were you were in the Phoenix area. Yeah, so growing up in Phoenix, you know, it's very interesting. I grew up in the South Phoenix area, so it was kind of, you know, it was like a little bit out of the way, not too far from downtown, but there was just no economic anything going on in South Phoenix. It was a kind of a rough area of town. Even at the time when I was living there, Phoenix downtown wasn't revived yet. So it was just, you know, we had some industry, but not as much as we do now there. Um, but it was it was definitely hot. Um, and it was definitely, uh, you know, just suppressed economically at some point for certain communities. So, and what was your childhood like? Does this, you know, your career path led you to this, you know, financial reporting job? Is that something you thought that as a kid you wanted to do and set your sights on, or is it? How, how did you get from from Phoenix to Santa Barbara and working uh, in the position that you're in? What was your What was your path? Yeah, so you know. I, it's, that's a good question. I mean, it's funny because, um, you know, growing up for me, I had a single mom and my dad wasn't around and my mom was caring for my brother who his dad wasn't around either. And so my mom was just a single parent with two boys. My mom didn't graduate from high school. Uh, neither did my dad. You know, he didn't graduate from high school. In fact, you know, most people in my family didn't graduate from high school. So it was, it was, it was a little tough growing up, you know, and I think, um, you know, I always tell people, you know, I learned a lot of what not to do before I learned what to do. So I think that, you know, for me, luckily, I was able to kind of learn from that environment that I was in and quickly learn that, hey, you know what, like, I don't want to go down that path. You know, I want to go, I'm going to do the opposite and try to do, you know, something else. And I think for me, getting in school, you know, you know, staying connected with my teachers, you know, um, you know, that really helped me out. Um, And you know, I remember me and my brother, actually, you know, we went to a pretty good school, even though we lived in South Phoenix. You know, one of the things we did, you know, when we were in uh, elementary school is, you know, we actually rode a city bus 10 miles one way across the city just to go to a better school. And so that's one thing I would say my mom, you know, she did a really good job of making sure that we were in a great school. Um, but, you know, again, you know, I think it's just like learning from that environment. And, um, you know, uh, you know, I had a lot of a lot of things that I you know decisions I had to make. And. I knew I had to make a decision because by default, you know, I don't think I would be here. So, um, yeah, you know, making uh, decisions, mentorship was heavy. Um, You know, you know, any resources that were available, you know, if I can start school early, if I can start a class early, summer school, I did it. You know, anything I could do now. So that's a common thread that we hear from guests is that um, having some kind of uh, having an adult in their childhood push them to do something, either give them an opportunity, give them a bit of mentorship. Tell us a little bit about the mentors that you looked up to growing up and um, what kind of impact they had. 
yeah you know it's funny i think it actually started with like my elementary school teacher you know uh and uh her name was uh mrs grant and she was she was awesome i mean uh you know when when for me coming into school you know and coming out of boundary you know out of the boundary school it was it was you know, I just took a city bus 10 miles. So, I mean, I couldn't really focus too deep, deeply on the studies, you know. Um, and I think she knew my situation. And instead of kind of making things harder for me, she actually said, hey, you know, you're going to sit next to me and be my little helper. So that was like the first time where somebody's ever took me and said, you know what, I, you have potential. I want you to help me, you know. And from there, I had mentorship, you know, going through high school. You know, uh, you know, I had uh, I was involved with some programs. Uh, one of the programs called ACE Program where I was able to start college early. So I got about 30 credits or years worth of credit, college credit uh, before I graduated high school. And so there was tons of mentorship there. And then even when I got to college, you know, being involved with the scholarship programs, tons of mentorship there. But personally, the biggest mentor that I had was, um, um, you know, I call him my, my dad, you know, it was a family that took me in when I was in high school because, you know, um, you know, my, we got evicted, me and my mom got evicted from our place. And this family took me in because they wanted me to finish school. And, um, you know, um, spent, I called my dad, you know, he was just the biggest inspiration for me, you know, um, you know, taught me everything, made me believe in, believe in myself, because like I said, I just struggle with the confidence to believe that I can go to college and, you know, he put a lot of confidence, uh, in me. So yeah, had a lot of, had a, even now to this day, I still have mentorship. So <laughs> as Levi mentioned, you know, having mentors, such an important part of of a lot of folks journeys that we've spoken to i'm curious what was it about finance specifically that clicked with you yeah yeah i mean this is going to be funny but uh you know what uh growing up i was just broke and i'm like you know what if i want to have a life i need to know finance (laughs) (laughs) so you know i i think the biggest thing with me was it just it made sense um and i think that you know you know, originally I was I was uh, really interested in just kind of finance investments, you know, learning about, you know, um, you know, different security types, annuities. That was the path that I originally wanted to take um, and uh, ended up down a different road. But overall, I've just been interested in finance in general, you know, graphs and charts. And that's just always appealed to me. So so before you got to college, you're you know, you're in high school, maybe even a little bit before high school at that point. Are you already interested in finance? Like, at, like, is there a moment? Is there a, a year? Like, do you, I'm just curious because you know, for a lot of folks, it's early yeah, on, yeah. right? So I'm just curious how, right, how right. early was it where you really, you're like, you know, I I think this could be something I'm really into. Yeah, so I think for me that actually came in, you know, the play in college, you know, um, and I think you know, like I said, you know, with the with the single mother, you know, who just you know didn't have those, op- you know, she didn't have the opportunities to kind right. of learn, like a lot of that self-exploration is on your own. And unfortunately, a lot of the times when you're going through the high school systems, you're you're getting that self-exploration in college. I mean, that's the only time where you're seeing different studies, different subjects, and you have um, uh, access to people in different careers where you're going to network, you know? And so, you know, I got to college and, you know, it's funny, you talked about, you know, changing paths. I mean, I was a person that changed my major like six times because, you know, I had no clue what I wanted to do. And I, the only way for me to figure out, you know, what these subjects or topics were about was going to a class and like, no, nah, I didn't like it, you know? So it was definitely college when I figured out where I'm like, I like this, you know? There's a lot of stress that I hear from college, high school students deciding what major to choose. 
And I'm so glad that you mentioned that you changed it six times. I didn't change it. I changed it twice. Um, but I'm not currently in the field of my major. And that's okay. <laughs> and, and I think it's it's so important to, to let folks know that. So I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that. Yeah. 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 It, no, I think it's funny to even say that because, I mean, aside from major, I mean, um, you know, since I've been at my company, I, I've been in three different departments, you know, in a span of, you know, the seven, seven years that I've been there you now. Um, and some might look down on it. You know, I've had people say, hey, you got to stick with one thing. But the way I see it is like, you know what, I'm becoming a better value if I'm learning as much as possible. So I don't see how it hurts, you know, but at the same time, you know, this is, I think this is an, this is good for a company, you know, to have well-rounded people who know everything about the business. So I agree with you, Bob. You, you mentioned um, a few times now, you know, growing up in a, in a home with where you you had the single, your single mom, right? Uh, you, when you're, when you're other folks who, who might be listening, who, you know, going through something like that advice to them where, you know, you don't have maybe the opportunities that everyone else has, you know, how do you one, what's the mindset that you had to take where you're like, I'm, I'm not making excuses. I'm going to create opportunities. Right. So, so I'm just curious, you know, yeah. What, what, what was that like? You know, I think there's, there's, you know, opportunities in whatever environment you are in. You know, even if it's the worst environment, I think there's opportunities. And I and for me, I think the opportunity really starts with your mindset. You know, I think that you got to have that positive mindset that, you know, if you're taking little steps, it's going to add up to something, you know. And, um, you know, there's, you know, even if you go down the wrong path, you can always turn around. Like you mentioned earlier, there's no, you know, indefinite one way track that you have to go down. It's OK to revert and go back. And in fact. That's part of learning. I mean, we all do it, you know. Um, so, you know, you know, for the most part, you know, I, 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 you know, I just think that learning is the most important thing. And what I see from younger kids today, and and you know, I don't know if you see the same thing, is um, there is a lot of pressure to have it all figured out right, right. now. Yep. Mm-hmm. A lot of pressure, you know, and, and I just got and, something in the mail today that said, get your child into Stanford or an Ivy League school. And it was a packet this big. And my daughter's eight. Like, <laughs> how did we get on this mailing list? I'm sure some parents are thinking about that. Yeah. Um, but I don't know that that's, you know, really going to be beneficial in the long run. But not, sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, I mean, there's a lot of pressure there, you yeah. know, and I think. To, uh, you, you know, recognize you're running your own race. You know, um, I think where people, you know, hurt themselves is, you know, they, they get off their journey and their path and, and it's easy to compare nowadays. So mm-hmm. um, I think, you know, once you compare, I think you take, you know, the beauty out of yourself. Dude, I you learned know? so much from my mistakes. Yeah. So much. I mean, I, you know, I think about my successes, a couple here and there, but I think about the plethora of mistakes yeah. and the plethora of risks and you know the times where i like you said i I changed jobs or moved cities or decided i this isn't what i want to do anymore and it it took all of those for me to get to a place where i was happy and felt good so um you're right i mean i mean i i think making mistakes is okay and and yeah i I don't know why you got on that mailing list 
I don't know either. <laughs> I'm interested to know, though, um, you know, what do you think some of the things you wish that you knew now that you could tell Marquise from seven years ago? Um, you know, obviously, we learn from mistakes. You don't necessarily want to prevent right, yourself right. from making all mistakes. But what's just some nugget you wish you could go back in time and tell uh, young Marquise something? You know, you know, I would have I would have I would have told myself, take it, take it easy. You know, I think as long as you get up and you build that daily habit of, you know, it's it's all da- daily habits. You know, you don't got to make big waves. You know, you can just keep swimming at a slow pace and you'll get there, you know. Um, and so, yeah, I, I would I would say, you know, you know, focus on the daily habits, getting up, going to work, doing your job, being healthy. You know, I mean, those things long term add up. Um, and I say that because, you know, I could have just worked, worked, worked into oblivion and completely would have had a burnout and, you know, um, so I'm, I'm looking more for longevity right now. And I think, yeah, just, you know, taking it easy, you know, not, not trying to do too much, you know, taking the time to learn. Any advice you'd give to someone high school, college, you know, thinking about the area that you're in. Hmm. You know, you know, it's funny. It's uh, the trends are showing right now that the accounting degree um, uh, there's no one going into the degree. It's less people than ever before. Uh, we have less CPAs than ever before. And so, I mean, I think a lot of people have gotten away from, you know, accounting. Um, it, a lot of people see it as boring and monotonous, but I, but I, I'll tell you one thing. I think accounting is very rewarding. I mean, I think it's the backbone of almost every company you're seeing, you know, if you understand accounting, you're really understanding how the business works. I mean, you see every transaction. Um, you understand every rule, um, the reason why the rules exist. Um, so I think that there's an opportunity that, you know, if you go down an accounting route, um, you know, I think that it's going to be easy to translate that into other aspects. And I commonly see accountants go from being a GL accountant to doing something else. But I think it's, it's, it's a good foundation to have for anyone going into business. Um, so, you know, I would, I would definitely recommend it. I think it's been a rewarding career path and, um, you, you learn a lot about the business, you know, there there's being interested in something and then there's being interested and good at something. So you're around college when you became interested in it. When did you realize I'm pretty good at this? Oh, (laughs) you know, I think it's funny. Um, um, you know, I think it's one of those things where, for a long time, I did struggle with imposter syndrome in accounting. Mm. You know, I just, you know, the, the first couple of years, you're just making mistakes and you're getting called out and you're going into those meetings where they're like, okay, you made that mistake, that mistake. But I think, you know, like we said, you know, those mistakes are important. And mind you, um, a lot of the times when you're starting out in accounting, you're starting out with smaller accounts. So those, you know, you have smaller accounts, those are the times to make the mistakes. So, um, you know, I, you know, I, I think my biggest thing is, you know, I, 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 you know, found out that I was good at it after maybe about two to three years in it, it took some time. It wasn't really quickly. Um, and I had to gain that confidence in myself, but it took a while. And even in this new role, it took two years, can two you, years to where I felt okay. Can you yeah. speak a little bit to some of those setbacks? Like what were the biggest setbacks that you faced and How'd you overcome them? You, you talk about swimming, you know, swimming a little yeah. bit every day. Sometimes you, right. th- that current's stronger than others and you get set back a little bit. 
Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest setback is like, like, you know, we were talking about feeling like, oh man, I went down the wrong path. You know, um, you know, there's times where, you know, I, it, it took steps to get to a point to where I found a, a career path that I enjoy. And mm-hmm. it took me to be in three different finance and accounting departments to get that. Um, and I was beating myself up over that. I'm like, hey, you know, I could have gotten further in life if I would have had it figured out from the start. But I really see the benefit of having those three department experiences. You know, I see the benefit because now, you know, if there's ever a question, you know, I mean, my, you know, my toolbox is sharp. You know, I could, I understand all three areas. And um, so I think I had to like change my mindset about how I was thinking about it. Um, and understand that, you know, there is no time frame. You know, it's really taking your time to learn and to understand it. Um, and um, just knowing that, you know, everything that I'm learning is going to add up to something. It's going to add up somewhere, you know, and I, and, I, and I think that's kind of what was my mindset to help me. So, Do you, do you manage the finances in your home? <laughs> I do. I love it, man. <laughs> so you don't need a break. It's 24-7 uh, for you. Yeah. Are you one I, of those people that has like, do you, can you tell me like how much you spent on gas last year or how much you spent yes. on food, groceries? Oh. Yeah. You track oh, all that. Oh yeah, man. I, I could tell you my tax liability at this current moment. <laughs> <laughs> I may have you come over to my house later this week and help me run my. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. How do you think AI is going to affect your field? We are kind of talking to everybody about that. And obviously it's a mm-hmm. bit of a wild card and unknown, but you know, best guesses anyway. You know, I, I'm starting to see a little bit of the AI. There's companies out there that will auto-reconcile accounts for us. Um, and that's that's been around for a while. Um, but at the end of the day, when you talk about some of these technical matters with accounting, you know, with these new rules come down from the SEC, you know, who's going to interpret that? You know, I think it's going to be a lot harder for AI to interpret that, um, you know, than having a, a, a person to do it. But either way, it's the SEC we're dealing with. There's always going to be that safeguard that somebody's going to have to be held responsible. There's always going to have to be the person that signs off on these financials. I don't think AI could ever just do that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, that, I mean, you're seeing that in mission-critical things everywhere. People concerned about um, if there's no person to blame, <laughs> how do we have a computer take over? And obviously, that's been the case with uh, self-driving vehicles. Even if they're safer 99% of the time, we still have those times where someone needs to be at fault and our society doesn't work in a way where we can't hold someone accountable. We can't hold a computer accountable for making a mistake. So that, that makes yeah. complete sense. Yeah. Let me ask you guys a question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go, go for, for it. it. Would you guys bank at a bank that was all AI generated? No. <laughs> I mean, I would say no. Someone like my dad absolutely not the reason he goes to the bank is social interaction right so um i saw him at the bank the other day (laughs) who hasn't seen him at the bank he's He's there right now and they're they're not even open (laughs) um yeah i i i i wouldn't um there's there's questions you you want a human element and i and i and i understand the importance and the and and of ai but I, i i think there's specific fields where a personal connection is just important. And and I I really don't think it's something well, oh well, 
you know, when, you know, when, when I'm no longer around, I, I just, I don't buy that. I, I feel like personal connection is, is important. Levi, mm-hmm. I'm curious. You know what I would like AI to do for me financially, especially in running a small business is that auto reconciliation sounds awesome because a lot of the tedious tasks that humans are prone to making mistakes with probably could be done better by smarter computers. But um, the things like, you know, making the decisions, um, keeping your hand on the tiller, obviously that's things that people should be doing. But a lot of the, you know, I think about trying to import stuff into QuickBooks and then making sure that it matches. And a lot of times QuickBooks will, you know, double enter something and you're forever chasing it down. And and those kind of things, I, I can see it people in your job benefiting from the assistance of it the same way that, you know, I, I don't think AI is going to replace movie making or photography. It's just going to make better movies and better photographs and give artists another tool to work with. Um, but there's a lot of panic around it. And I, I hope I'm right. I hope it doesn't completely replace all of these jobs and that people are just sitting down consuming media that's all completely made by computers uh, and, and that our finances are all run by, you know, um, headless, <laughs> headless <laughs> corporations, but I, I just don't see how that's possible. So I, I, I would tend to agree with you, but what about you? Would you bank at a, at a bank that was totally AI now that both of us said no? Oh, <laughs> oh no. Oh no. You know, I mean, be, being, you know, being involved in SEC work, I mean, you'll be surprised how many people, you know, I mean, there's just so much, you know, companies that, that, you know, would, would do fraudulent things, you know, if, if if allowed to and, and and totally blame it on AI, so mm-hmm. I I would say no, I would not no. <laughs> um, obviously you're good with numbers. Other than that, other than that, what are some traits that you feel like are good for for someone to have if there's an interest in this field? Yeah, you know, I think um, I think it's a person who's just extremely curious. You know, I think part of this job is, um, you know, you're going to be doing some accounting, but a lot, some 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 compliance and therefore there's some audit involved. So one of the things that you will see is, you know, if you see uh, a mistake, for instance, you know, are you the type of person that's like, you know what, let me dig a little deeper, you know, or are you a person like, oh, OK, they just fixed it, you know. Are you going to ask more questions? Are you going to be skeptical? You know, because you're you're essentially acting as a gatekeeper in these roles. You know, you're you're really protecting, you know, investors. And so if you're a person that's extremely curious and likes to ask questions and likes to dig and likes to, you know, uh, I think this is a good path for you. Um, very analytical, mm-hmm. uh, detail oriented. Um, and also, you know, uh, the interpersonal skills are important. How do you approach somebody you know, when maybe you find a mistake, how do you talk that through with someone? I mean, I think the hard thing is sometimes people can be defensive about mistakes. You know, how do you talk it through and kind of keep it even temperature there? You know, so you mentioned curiosity and you mentioned finding mistakes. I feel like you're almost giving it a little bit of a, f- a detective feel. Mm. So right. I have to ask yeah. Sherlock yeah. Holmes or Inspector Gadget? Oh, oh man, I'm I'm born in the '90s, so I think it's it's definitely expected. Get good. Yeah. Don't go gadget arm. Oh, we don't want to get a copyright strike, so we'll have to stop it there. They'll get you. They'll get you. Um, I was kind of, you know, interested in asking people this idea of like, 
the resources that you have that you had um, obviously got you to where you are today, the mentorship. Looking back, are there resources that you wished you had growing up? Is there something that, you know, you look back on, you see that's available to people today or maybe was available then but just wasn't available to you that you think would have really been helpful? You know, I, I think I I think I went to college, you know, I got out of high school at the right time. I mean, I think this was during a time where Obama was president and he saw value in, in, in you know, having the federal government help support public public uh, universities mm-hmm. and so I, I was part of one of those programs where you know um because you know my my mom you know you know made under under forty thousand dollars a year but i was a great student you know the federal government said hey you know first time generation student we need to support these kids give them the opportunity you know and i think um you know I'm very thankful to be part of that, part of that, you know, um, and, and I think that I want to continue to see that, you know, happen, you know, the, the government supporting kids to go to school, uh, especially kids who are in need of it. Um, and so, yeah, I think, you know, I, I don't, I wouldn't, I was part of the right time, mm-hmm. you know, so thanks president, president Obama. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> you. <laughs> he's, he's watching. So I know he's, happy. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny. You mentioned um, your drive and you mentioned, you know, trying to do as much as you could. But if you look at, you know, the mentors that you talked about, the programs you talked about, it really feels like it was a, a, a complete effort of more than just one thing that got to got you to where you are today. Uh, can you just talk a little bit uh, about that? Yeah, no, I think that's very true. Like, um, you know, it's, you know, at the time, you know, the environment I was in, like I said, there was no one I could go talk to about college or getting getting a job. I mean, in fact, you know, I mean, a lot of my family members were, you know, being supported, you know, by Social Security or, you know, food stamps. And, and you know, and that's that's kind of the, you know, in, in their case, that's that they've been on that their whole lives. That's all they know. Um, so, you know, it was for me, you know, I remember the first time you know, somebody, you know, there was a, there was a, a lady that walked into my college uh, or my high school uh, classroom and said, Hey, you can start college early. All you got to do is sign up. And I'm just sitting there like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to go to college via basketball scholarship, you know, <laughs> like, but then, you know, after a while I started thinking, I'm like, no, I, I, I want to do the things, you know, I want to do the opposite. I want to do the things that I, 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 I'm not seeing. You know, I, I grew up watching people try to make the league and didn't work out. Right. But I didn't see people really find a passion in their studies and, and, and really invest themselves into learning something. And so when that opportunity came up, I jumped on it. And, you know, being in high school, going to college classes, being around college students, being around professors, I mean, you know, people that had invested their life into studying something. I mean, it really showed me that, you know, passion, it, it's a thing. And I just needed to find my own passion at that point. You know, so without without mentorship, I mean, I don't think I'm finding that passion easily. I mean, it's it's very vital. So which college did you go to? So I ended up graduating from Arizona State University. Um but, you know, luckily, I, you know, was able to start at the community college when I was in high school and get those 30 credits. So it really helped going into college. And I think even that resource alone, um, doing those 30 credits, you know, like I said, I changed my major six times. I graduated on time. 
you know mm-hmm. because you I had mean, that, that you had that buffer from the from the extra credits in high school yeah exactly so i had that time to pretty much take a bunch of different classes to find my interest and that 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 changed the game for me that's another thing that i think uh california in particular but other states uh have a really good community college we have a really good community college system i know there's others out there um and for especially for students who don't know what their path is going to be. But even for those who think they have a pretty good idea, the community college system offers you, you know, the first two years at a very low cost and the ability to get in and try things and try and fail and, you know, move around. You're not spending a tremendous amount of money at a private four-year school or, you know, even the public institutions are getting up there now. So you're in a place where you can, where it's safe to make mistakes. It's not going to cost you a lot of money, not going to cost you a lot of time, and you can try things out. I think that's really a, a nice benefit of, of California community colleges in particular, and hopefully community colleges around the country too. What was your experience like in high school uh, as a, you know, in a community college setting as a high school junior or senior? Yeah, it, it was awesome. It was awesome. I mean, even then, I mean, I thought it was, I thought the community college was a university, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, mind you, the people in this program were first generation college students. So, you know, at that point we felt like, wow, we're in college, you know, it didn't feel like it was university or community college, you know, and, and I, to this day, I still think, you know, any way you can go to school, go to school, you know, it doesn't matter at the end of the day, you know, you know, you go to community college first. I mean, you get that degree from, you know, the university, that's your degree, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, it's, it, it, you know, it didn't, it felt good to be on that campus, you know, and it's, it's, uh, and it was a great campus. It was a great school and it had a lot of trade programs and, you know, learned a lot. Yeah. What have you learned in your career that you think has had a, a lifelong impact on who you are as a person? What, what's finance brought to you that's, you know, been, uh, really life changing, something that's opened your eyes to something. You know, I think it's, um, I was just recently having a conversation with my boss about this is, um, it's really, you know, number one, it's really made me see the world from a bigger picture because I think that in finance, you know, it's the most important thing, right. You know, in the world, like well, I would say economic growth is the most important thing. Um, and so, you know, I think I've learned to just, you know, you know, hold myself accountable and to be very professional and to really do a good job and double checking what I'm doing, being very careful about what I'm doing. I mean, you're dealing with money that, you know, can affect people's lives, you know? So if, if there's a big error, you know, and an investor invests in my, in, in my, in our company, it, you know, and, and, you know, it's not what it, you know, there was a, the error really impacts and it wasn't what, you know, you know, you know, the error pretty much was, was caught and it impacted somebody's financial future. Then that, that could be a big risk. So in my life, I've learned to just be very careful, be very intentional, be very thoughtful um, about the decisions I'm making. Um, because every day, you know, a decision, you know, you know, there's bad decisions I can make that can truly affect my life. So. And then to wrap things up, what do you think is the best way to inspire the next generation in your field? You know, what, what advice do you have for them as far as, you know, getting, getting into it and getting, getting to where you are? I would say 
I, I just, I would say focus on learning. Like, I think right now, I think what I'm seeing is even with new, new employees coming into the business, they want to be senior level tomorrow. And I, you know, I, I think there's just a rush to climb the ladder. And I think that there's so much opportunity, even in staff level work. I think take your time to learn and get as much experience as you can ask for more, you know, uh, you know, don't, you know, ask for as much as you can see as much as you can, you know, ask questions as much as you can, um, because there's tons of resources in business. There's people who have been there doing, you know, expertises for 20 some years. So as a new person, you can walk in and learn from someone who has 20 years of experience like that. And I don't think that happens in many places other than businesses, you know, so take, take the time to really be resourceful and use what you have around you. And on the flip side, um, what can people in your position do you think to help develop people who are coming up in the field? What kind of opportunities can you offer them? Yeah, I think it's, um, I always say like the biggest thing that I have to do, even when I'm dealing with, you know, people that are my seniors or people that are new is, you know, take the time to get to understand what motivates them. Mm. Um, And so that's something that I I focus on is what motivates you. You know, if, if you're doing something that's not motivating you, let me know. And we're going to adjust. And, and, you know, you know, so I think it's really taking the time to just understand what is the motivator, what is the purpose and helping them see their purpose as well. Before we go, anything that you want to touch on that we didn't discuss? One of the things I wanted to say to you both, I really love this podcast. I love what you both are doing here. I was really impressed that this idea came out of a pool in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> you heard that. Okay. You know, you know, I mean, normally, normally people come up with business concepts by sitting at a cafe and drawing on a napkin. You know, you hear that story so many times, but I love you guys' story of how this came about. So I just wanted to say, you know, this is amazing and I love what you guys are doing. And I think this is going to be a resource that can help a lot of people, including people already in their career path. So I love it. And, you know, I hope you guys keep rocking with it. So we appreciate that. And it just gives me more reasons to go back to go back to Mexico. Yeah, I know. we got to yeah. find a reason. To go back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So if you're enjoying the show, uh, do the normal things you do on YouTube, like and subscribe and hit the bell. And I feel foolish saying it, but it's how we get people to, uh, you know, to watch and learn about it. Um, we're also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts. You can visit careerlabpodcast.com and find all the ways to watch and listen to it. So thanks for being here, Marquise. Appreciate you being on the show. And, uh, appreciate you having me. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Another one Thank in you. the yeah. books. Thanks, Bob. Um, we've got some upcoming guests coming. We're talking to software developers. We've got a musician lined up. We've got a lot of things cooking. So hopefully uh, people stay tuned and, and we'll be here with it. So thanks for... Um, being here with us this time. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>